Disguised Queries Imagine that you have a peculiar job in a peculiar factory. Your task is to take objects from a mysterious conveyor belt and sort the objects into two bins. When you first arrive, Susan, the senior sorter, explains to you that the blue egg-shaped objects are called blegs and go in the bleg bin, while red cubes are called rubes and go in the rube bin. Once you start working, you notice that blegs and rubes differ in ways besides color and shape. Blegs have fur on their surface, while rubes are smooth. Blegs flex slightly to the touch. Rubes are hard. Blegs are opaque. The rube surface slightly translucent. Soon after you begin working, you encounter a bleg shaded in unusually dark blue. In fact, on closer examination, the color proves to be purple, halfway between red and blue. Yet wait! Why are you calling this object a bleg? A bleg was originally defined as blue and egg-shaped. The qualification of blueness appears in the very name bleg, in fact. This object is not blue. One of the necessary qualifications is missing. You should call this a purple egg-shaped object, not a bleg. But it so happens that, in addition to being purple and egg-shaped, the object is also furred, flexible, and opaque. So when you saw the object, you thought, Oh, a strangely colored bleg. It certainly isn't a rube, right? Still, you aren't quite sure what to do next. So you call over Susan, the senior sorter. Oh, yes, it's a bleg, Susan says. You can put it in the bleg bin. You start to toss the purple bleg into the bleg bin, but pause for a moment. Susan, you say, how do you know this is a bleg? Susan looks at you oddly. Isn't it obvious? This object may be purple, but it's still egg-shaped, furred, flexible, and opaque like all the other blegs. You've got to expect a few color defects. Or is this one of those philosophical conundrums like, how do you know the world wasn't created five minutes ago, complete with false memories? In a philosophical sense, I'm not absolutely certain that this is a bleg, but it seems like a good guess. No, I mean, you pause, searching for words. Why is there a bleg bin and a rube bin? What's the difference between blegs and rubes? Blegs are blue and egg-shaped. Rubes are red and cube-shaped, Susan says patiently. You got the standard orientation lecture, right? Why do blegs and rubes need to be sorted? Um, because otherwise they'd be all mixed up, says Susan. Because nobody will pay us to sit around all day and not sort blegs and rubes? Who originally determined that the first blue egg-shaped object was a bleg, and how did they determine that? Susan shrugs. I suppose you could just as easily call the red cube-shaped objects blegs and the blue egg-shaped objects rubes, but it seems easier to remember this way. You think for a moment. Suppose a completely mixed-up object came off the conveyor, like an orange sphere-shaped furred translucent object with writhing green tentacles. How could I tell whether it was a bleg or a rube? Wow, no one's ever found an object that mixed up, says Susan. But I guess we'd take it to the sorting scanner. How does the sorting scanner work, you inquire? X-rays? Magnetic resonance imaging? Fast neutron transmission spectroscopy? I'm told it works by Bayes' rule, but I don't quite understand how, says Susan. I like to say it, though. 
bays, 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 bays. What does the sorting scanner tell you? It tells you whether to put the object into the bleg bin or the rube bin. That's why it's called a sorting scanner. At this point, you fall silent. Incidentally, Susan says casually, it may interest you to know that blegs contain small nuggets of vanadium ore, and rubes contain shreds of palladium, both of which are useful industrially. Susan, you are pure evil. Thank you. So now it seems we've discovered the heart and essence of blegness. A bleg is an object that contains a nugget of vanadium ore. Surface characteristics like blue color and furredness do not determine whether an object is a bleg. Surface characteristics only matter because they help you infer whether an object is a bleg, that is, whether the object contains vanadium. Containing vanadium is a necessary and sufficient definition. All blegs contain vanadium, and everything that contains vanadium is a bleg. Bleg is just a shorthand way of saying vanadium-containing object, right? Not so fast, says Susan. Around 98% of blegs contain vanadium, but 2% contain palladium instead. To be precise, Susan continues, around 98% of blue egg-shaped furred flexible opaque objects contain vanadium. For unusual blegs, it may be a different percentage. 95% of purple blegs contain vanadium, 92% of hard blegs contain vanadium, etc. Now suppose you find a blue egg-shaped furred flexible opaque object, an ordinary bleg in every visible way, and just for kicks you take it to the sorting scanner and the scanner says, Palladium. This is one of the rare 2%. Is it a bleg? At first you might answer that, since you intend to throw this object in the rube bin, you might as well call it a rube. However, it turns out that almost all blegs, if you switch off the lights, glow faintly in the dark, while almost all rubes do not glow in the dark, and the percentage of blegs that glow in the dark is not significantly different for blue egg-shaped furred flexible opaque objects that contain palladium instead of vanadium. Thus, if you want to guess whether the object glows like a bleg or remains dark like a rube, you should guess that it glows like a bleg. So is the object really a bleg or a rube? On one hand, you'll throw the object in the rube bin no matter what else you learn. On the other hand, if there are any unknown characteristics of the object you need to infer, you'll infer them as if the object were a bleg, not a rube. Group it into the similarity cluster of blue, egg-shaped, furred, flexible, opaque things, and not the similarity cluster of red, cube-shaped, smooth, hard, translucent things. The question, is this object a bleg, may stand in for different queries on different occasions. If it weren't standing in for some query, you'd have no reason to care. Is atheism a religion? Is transhumanism a cult? People who argue that atheism is a religion because it states beliefs about God are really trying to argue, I think, that the reasoning methods used in atheism are on a par with the reasoning methods used in religion, or that atheism is no safer than religion in terms of the probability of causally engendering violence, etc., What's really at stake is an atheist's claim of substantial difference and superiority relative to religion, 
which the religious person is trying to reject by denying the difference rather than the superiority. But that's not the a priori irrational part. The a priori irrational part is where, in the course of the argument, someone pulls out a dictionary and looks up the definition of atheism or religion. And yes, it's just as silly whether an atheist or a religionist does it. How could a dictionary possibly decide whether an empirical cluster of atheists is really substantially different from an empirical cluster of theologians? How can reality vary with the meaning of a word? The points in thing space don't move around when we redraw a boundary. But people often don't realize that their argument about where to draw a definitional boundary is really a dispute over whether to infer a characteristic shared by most things inside an empirical cluster. Hence the phrase, disguised query. <laughs>